Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I'm your host, Spen. Nick is not with us today. It's his birthday, so I gave him the night off. I said, go get wasted with your friends in Brooklyn. Enjoy yourself. I'll get a a guest host, someone a little bit more handsome, with a Mm. little bit more personality. The one and only Mike Biseglia joins me tonight. Mike is the host of the Mike Delivers podcast, as well as Bad Weather Fans with Alex B. Mike, how are you tonight? I'm good. Just a little more handsome. I mean, I was going to say, let's get right to it. A lot more handsome. I mean, and he's aged today. How old oh, is yeah. he now? 41, was he's, it? He's up there. I think he's 26 today. 26. So he's getting a little bit older. I mean, eh, coming off of bad Achilles, there. man. There's, there's a, lot, a lot going on with him. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, you know, it was it was nice while he while he was doing this. But, you know, it's me and you tonight and we'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's funny, the last time we had a guest host was my father, Kevin. Nice. That show did the best out of any show we've ever done. <laughs> That's awesome. Ridiculous. My dad had bragging rights on his son for, for the next few months. That's it was great. Hilarious. I love that. That's awesome. That's funny stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some stuff. Before we get to the Nets, I, I saw something that kind of piqued my interest. And it's this all of a sudden reaction to players like a LeBron James or a Luka Doncic, that's teams now fall in that seven to 10 range and they might have to be in the playing tournament. So LeBron right. recently said, whoever came up with this shit needs to be fired, which is really right. funny. Luka a few weeks ago voiced his displeasure when the Mavs were sitting seven. Mike, is there a problem with this playing tournament or are these guys just sore losers? I love the playing tournament. And before the playing tournament, like before the season started and people were complaining because everybody's like, oh, it's something different. I'm so worried. How am I going to, what am I used to? I, I'm used to my one eighth. I'm not used to this. I was like, the playing tournament's going to be incredible. First of all, teams that are at the, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, et cetera, or nine, 10, 11 are going to have to get interested in it. It's going to change the way teams look at the trade deadline. Look at the Washington Wizards. They're a team right now that you do not want to see because of how well they're playing. I love the tournament. I think it's good for the health of the league and it's going to get so much more interest. And another side of it too, is it's one more week for James Harden to rest. So I like that side of it. But beforehand, I love the playing tournament. I'm all about all these silly gimmicks and different things to make things exciting. I'm all down for it. I'm really excited to watch it. It'll be a lot of fun. And I was all about this even beforehand. Like I know it's different. It's going to be difficult for all of us. We're all going to be a little scared. But I was like, yeah, man, this is going to be fun. I, I, I love it. These guys, it's just like, come on, LeBron. Someone's <laughs> got to get fired. Like, what if I, like, if I thought of that idea, like, I don't want you firing me, LeBron. So I, I, I'm game for it. I, I can see the way your, your, uh, your emotions with your face that you, you probably didn't like it at first. No, actually, you can't read my face because these are happy. I, I was into it. Oh, okay. I, my I, bad. No, you could. I, I've been into it. Um, a few things. So, A, you've seen these changes made in different sports. Baseball added a playoff game. Right. I think, did football already add it or they, they are adding it? Going to seven. Going they, to seven. Uh, you know, they have it at seven now. It was seven. Right, right, right. So, it, it was time for basketball. And then the other thing, the Pelicans are playing the Warriors tonight. I think it's the nine seed versus the 11 seed. 
if it were any other year, that game would mean nothing. It would just be a Steph versus Zion show. But the game right. means something, Mike. I'm exactly. watching this game. I have no stake in it. Neither of these teams are in the East. They, they do not worry me about, you know, the Nets. But I'm interested because I know they're playing for that that 10th to 8th right. seed. So I am all for it. I think it's a good idea. Um, LeBron and Luka, if you don't want to play in it, play better basketball. You're, you're, right. They're, they're terrible right now. Right, exactly. Like, go ahead and win games. LeBron hasn't been healthy. Go out there and get W's. Go out there and do what you have to do to help your team. He's going to you know, not going to play in the back-to-back, which I get, but just go out and win basketball games. And I think, you know, from a, from a uh, you know, like you said, like from the health of the perspective of the league, you're now interested in Zion Williamson. You're now interested in Steph Curry playing. And that's the, what the NBA cares about. They care about people watching this game that maybe would not have and the interest that it draws and that's the way you're right. Same people felt about baseball, but then extending the playoffs, it drew more interest because teams were in there longer. It's about the health of the league. And sometimes just making little tweaks and change is a good thing. It's good to adapt. It's good to evolve. You don't have to be stuck in the same ways things were 50 years ago. We move on as a basketball society and get things better. So I, I, you know, I'm with you, man. Like, yeah, let's, let's have some fun. Let's see these games. It's going to be, it's going to be fun too. When we're getting to the tournament and we're watching like, you know, uh, in the Western conference, it's Luca going up against Steph or it's uh, Dame going up against Steph. Like, and this is a playing game. That's going to oh, be yeah. great. This will be so entertaining and awesome. And we're all going to be hooked and we're all going to watch it. And everybody that was like, I hate this is going to be the first person that sits down in front of the TV, pours a little scotch in their glass, gets some chips and is watching the game. I mean, it's true. 100% Mike, the <laughs> same people that complain about it are the first people who are going to watch it. Uh, speaking of teams that are definitely going to be in the playoffs, let's talk some Brooklyn Nets. Yes. They played on Sunday against the Milwaukee Bucks. They play again later today. This episode comes out on Tuesday morning. Uh, it was a close one. I mean, yeah. despite Kyrie Irving not having a great game, and I, I want to get into his play a little bit because I'm, I'm sort of annoyed with him. Um, Giannis went off, KD went off, but the Bucks overall played a little bit better than the Nets. They, they beat the Nets by three, 117, 114 was the final. Uh, what were your takeaways from this game? This is the first time in a long time I watched the game and I felt like that playoff vibe and I got that that take. I don't know how you felt about it, but I was like watching it on a Sunday. It was, a, it was light outside. I felt like I was watching a playoff game and got a little bit into it and that was fun. Uh, but yeah, the, the Nets didn't play very well. I mean, KD was tremendous with his 42, 43 points. He cannot be guarded. He was awesome. And I love there was one clip that ABC played where PJ Tucker was mic'd up. Did you see this? And he was like, I saw that. I watched your last three games and you zigged and now you zagged. You tricked me. So I thought that was kind of cool. But Joe Harris was terrible. Kyrie Irving was terrible in this game. Jeff Green missed open shots. Tyler Johnson could not hit shots in this game. The strategy against Giannis Antetokounmpo was a disaster. He went off and made shots. That was a problem. And then you saw from Milwaukee, they got big efforts from their big three. And Forbes, that was really it for Milwaukee. But they still only won by three. And my takeaway was, this is probably the team they're going to see in the second round. I usually am so pessimistic and nervous and feel bad about my nets because it's just the history of watching them. I actually left that loss and said, I think we're going to beat Milwaukee and I'm feeling strong about it, which is a weird takeaway for me, but that's, that's how I felt. I really did. I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I, I, you know, losing by three against a really good bucks team. The only guy on your team to show up was KD. Nobody else really came to play. Giannis had a career and I mean, he couldn't miss, 
He was hitting threes in that third quarter. I think he scored the first 14 points for right. Milwaukee. The Crazy. fact that you, you only lost by three and you don't have James Harden, I'll, I'll take it. It was it was as good a loss, and you had multiple opportunities to either tie this game or win this game in the fourth quarter as well. Yeah, they did. And Landry Sham, but I will say he played well for them. He had some shots that he made. And I thought it was interesting that Nash went with Joe Harris down the stretch in the fourth and did not put Shamit in. I, I would have made that switch. I think that would have helped them out. Uh, Sham his ball handling, maybe get Kyrie to come off a screen and he could take an open shot. And then Landry was just hitting shots when Joe couldn't. So I thought that was kind of a surprise in there. I would have maybe made that switch. I know Joe Harris is their, you know, the best shooter on the team, but ride the hot hand. Uh, it was just, it was Giannis's night. And I just did not like the scheme they had against him. But I mean, Giannis shot like, well, I don't know. I mean, he, he missed like 15 shots. It was, it was an incredible, like Giannis, Giannis was 21 of 36 from the field, four of eight from three point range, 50% right. for Giannis. And, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that shoots 30% from three. I was surprised. I understand the strategy, let him have open shots, but that's like in a flow of an offense. This was just like practice for him. I did, I did, I did not like that personally. Maybe he makes a couple two. You switch it up. It just didn't feel like. Obviously, it wasn't working. But you're right. Right there at the end, KD three point shot, decent look considering the circumstance. Just couldn't get it to go. You brought up Kyrie Irving earlier. I, I wanted to get into him because he's not he's not playing great basketball right no, now. No, he's not. Uh, at least not up to his standards. There, there was sure. a sequence on offense. Um, Kyrie missed a shot. He did that thing where he kind of watched the shot hit off the rim, didn't move. Forbes hit a three on the other end. You sort of see that sequence on a routinely basis with him a little bit on defense. And then that that final two, three minutes where he hits a three after he'd been really cold. Yes. The Nets get a stop or Drew Holiday missed two free throws. But either yes. way, it was a three-point game with yes. a minute left, and Ugh. he just walks into another three and bricks it. And, you know – Kevin Durant ended up missing the next two three-point attempts, and, and we lost by three. And you live with KD shots. But just sometimes the approach Kyrie takes on offense, Mike, it drives me crazy because it's it kills momentum. It, it makes guys around him not want to play hard on defense that next possession. And it's it's just it's, – it's sometimes frustrating for me to watch it. Am I wrong or – No, or no, I understand. I, I understand. And, and Kyrie's definitely in a little bit of a cold spell right now. And he's not playing up to his standards, and he's – He's dipped down a little in his play over the last, I would say over the last week or so. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the three that he hit was the most difficult of the threes that he took. It was kind of a right. broken down play. He had no sh no real chance. Jeff Green got it, passed it out, I believe, two seconds on the shot clock. Kyrie's got to put it up. He makes that shot. Then Holiday misses the two free throws. You're down three here, and I'm like, all right, I get it, Kyrie Irving. You've hit the biggest shot in the history of Cleveland basketball. I get it, but if Kevin Durant's playing the way Kevin Durant is, I'm like, you get him the ball and then let him and make a play. If it's going to be passing to the open shot, getting to the free throw line. I, I was like, oh, no, not that. Like, this is time for Durant to take that next step. He didn't do it, obviously. Nets missed. They couldn't get it going. But, yeah, I mean, that's the bad with Kyrie. There's moments like that. But I will say he has – I have felt like he's given effort on the defensive end, and mm -hmm. maybe that's such a low standard. I sound pathetic saying that. Oh, great job. You gave effort. <laughs> but I, I just – He's got to start making buckets again. And you see, though, the lack of having the third star in James yep. Harden yep. and the difference that he would make getting Kyrie to not have to be the primary ball handler as much. I mean, it's just like, James, I miss you, but I see uh, I see in those beautiful outfits he on the sideline Sunday, like so, so perfectly dressed. Uh, you know, that outfit's worth more than my home. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> dude, I miss you. 
I know you're not close to coming back, but I wish you were here. And I, but I, but in all seriousness, you could see like James on the on the court, how much value he'd give Kyrie off the ball. No, one hundred percent. I mean, Kyrie played his best this season off the ball. When when he's got a when he's got to create just off the dribble, that's when he makes those ridiculous, insane. Oh my God, Kyrie Irving right. shots. But he also misses a lot of shots off the dribble too. You want him catching the ball in rhythm. You want Harden finding him in space. Um, if a team can just zone in on Kyrie and KD, they can slow him down. But you can't zone in on all three of those guys. You no, can't. you can't. You can't. But it is such a tease because it's like, when is Harden coming back? Coach Nash is like, he's not ready. He's not close. And the playoffs are getting closer and closer. I mean, it's starting to creep in my head. Like, he's probably – I mean, you know, with the Nets, all of a sudden tomorrow will be like, James Harden's not on the injury report. What the hell just happened? So you wouldn't be shocked by something like that, but it's starting to creep in my head. You know, Nets versus um, Heat first round, Harden's not going to be there, whatever the heck it ends up uh, being. Don't, don't speak that into existence, please. Sorry. See, I told you I was a negative, uh, I had a negative outlook on the Nets. That Bucks thing was kind of an anomaly. I'm usually like thinking of the worst. That's now started to creep in my brain. I mean, I'll just be truthful with you. I hope you're wrong. Me um, too. Final thing I'll say about this game, Blake Griffin went airborne yes. on that put put back left-handed slam. That was awesome. And that was in like the fourth quarter. That basket meant something. That was yeah. great. Love seeing Blake Griffin dunk like that. How good has he been? I mean, the charges he's taken. Him and Bruce Brown, I think, hustle more than any other Nets on the court. It's like going for loose balls, diving, tipping plays. As much as I hated uh, Blake when he was on the other team because he would just get so annoying, now he's on my team, and I love it, and I love him for it. Seeing that dunk, taking the charges, Blake's been great, man. You're right; he's been he's been so much fun to watch as a net. He's been he's been a blast. I, I love having him on this team, and and I'm glad we signed him and Aldridge because if we didn't have Blake, the Aldridge retirement would have hurt us a lot a lot yeah. more. So it's good we have no. Blake. All right, I want to get to uh, how how we do it is we start with the most recent game and then we go all the way back to the beginning of the week. So I don't know if you remember, we played the Raptors last Tuesday. A little revenge for the Nets. Yes. 116-103 was the final score. Um, Kevin Durant, actually 17 points, 10 rebounds in, in, in 33 minutes. Uh, no one really scored. I mean, Jeff Green was the leading man with 22 points, but the, the Nets just played a good overall game. I, I mean, the Raptors had their chances. Lowry, who always kills us, had 24. Ananobi had 21. But Siakam, two of 16 from the field for 10 points only. He wasn't great. Van Fleet only had 11. And this Raptors team that's always a thorn in our side, our mm. record against them is horrible. We're finally able to get a W. Yeah, I think we texted after this game maybe, or we text a lot after these games, but something about this one stood out. It's funny, though, like, I like playing this because all I can think about is the Bucks lost, but this is kind of cool because you look back and there was actually wins. The last, I mean, they oh, were yeah, a, we were two and two last week. They were on a four game winning streak. Now it's like a two game losing streak. And I'll play if they lose to the Bucks on Tuesday, that's a three game losing streak. Anyway, they were on a four game winning streak. And yeah, they, they, that was the game where Kevin Durant basically got double and triple team every time he had the ball. So he didn't play great, but he had to make the right passes. And that's why he only had the 17 points. And it was nice to finally beat the Raptors. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not watching a ton of Raptor basketball, but I look at that roster and I look at how they always play against the Nets, and I'm like, how are they 12 games or 11 games under 500? I'm like, this team is good. They've yeah. got players, and they just always beat the crap out of our team. It's always, it's always surprised me to see that. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, this was a fun one for Nets fans. Every single Nets player that stepped on the court was in double fingers, except ironically Kyrie Irving. He was mm. the only guy who didn't score more That's than right. 10. He had nine. 
Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a quiet game for Kyrie, but he didn't need to do much. Everybody on the team contributed. Um, and we got to beat Kyle Lowry's fat ass. I, I love doing that. He, his, his, his behind is big. I'm not, I'm not like, you know, making fun of him. He's got a gigantic rear end, uh, but he can play ball. And yeah, I mean, I don't know how, why the rap, I'll tell you this, the Lakers could have really used Kyle Lowry. That was yes. a bad decision to, to not make a trade for him. Lowry still got a ton of good basketball left in him. I was thinking that when he was on the Raptors torching us this past week or whenever it's like, thank God he's not on the Sixers alongside Ben Simmons. Like, as, as much of a pain in the ass this is, that if hopefully, you know, Eastern Conference or, you know, maybe the, I don't know, who, who the hell knows, Sixers lose. But Nets get to the Eastern Conference Finals and it's Nets, Sixers, Game 6 and Philly. Nets can clinch it. Kyle Lowry's not on the floor. You know, it's it's uh, Ben Simmons forced to make these 15-footers that he can't. So, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to see him stay in Toronto at the deadline because if he went to one of these teams, I was like, oh, no. No, 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 no. This is not good news. So, yeah, it's a uh, stay uh, big behind. Stay in Toronto with that big booty. He's a Nets killer, man. I'm glad I don't have to see him in the playoffs. Um, all right, we move on. We had a back to back. We played the Pacers the very next night. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. This was Thursday night because Kevin Durant wouldn't have been played. Uh, 42 points against the mm. Pacers. The Nets dominated. It was nice to see Karis Levert go for 36. I mean, he was fantastic. He's pretty much the only guy in the Pacers to, to have a good game. Um, but we, we handled this one. I mean, yeah. we pretty much beat the Pacers in every single quarter except the fourth. Uh, again, you had six nets and double figures. This was the Alizé Johnson 20 mm. and 21 game, yes. which was insane to see. This is a guy who's in the G League a month ago. He's now getting a 20 and 20 game for the Brooklyn Nets. Um Shamit had 14, Joe Harris with 14, Green with 14, and Tyler Johnson with 11. Uh, any big takeaways from this, or this was business as usual? Well, you know, the problem the problem with uh, the Pacers is they were just so banged up. It's hard to yeah. look at that, that team and, like, it's not the Pacers that at full strength are very good. They haven't had T.J. Warren all season. Sabonis didn't play. Um, uh, the center who's escaping my name all of a sudden, he wasn't Miles there. Miles Turner. Miles Turner wasn't playing. So it was like, then Malcolm Brogdon went out with an injury. So it was, it was basically, you know, Karis Levert and a lot of other guys. So that was a game I was like, all right, you got to just take off and, 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 and get this monster win, which they did. But that was just one of those games too, where it's a thing of beauty watching Kevin Durant. He can't be stopped. I mean, it's, it's really cool that he's on the team and it's even really, it's even better when he plays it was just so cool to see him. Like he takes those those uh, baseline jumpers, and you're like, this is this is awesome. I mean, you can't, no one can get high enough. He could take people off the dribble. I will say, every time he falls on the ground, I have a mini panic attack, and I get really nervous. I mean, every time he falls, yes, I'm like, I ah, know <laughs> this can't be over. But man, when he, it's a thing of beauty watching him play. That, those were my big takeaways. Pacers decimated by injuries, and Kevin Durant's a monster. It's just a freaking monster. I hate to do this to you because, you know, I love rehashing the Nets wins. We already went over the Bucks loss. We now got to go over the Trailblazers loss. It's the last, the last game we got to talk about. 128-109, the Blazers beat the Nets. Um, I mean, it was one of those games. Well, we had no Kevin Durant. It was on Friday night, so it was a back-to-back on Thursday. No Kevin Durant. Kyrie had 28 on 12 of 26, only three assists for him. You don't like to see that assist number that low if, if you're not playing with KD. Um, but Damian Lillard, just, just the third quarter, he decided, okay, let me just put the nets in the grave. 32 points for him, eight, three pointers, eight of 13 from three, uh, nine assists for him. And then Nurkic had a big game, 23 points, Powell with 19. 
Um, loss without Kevin Durant, not a big deal. Just just with Kyrie Irving. I mean, these these games are going to happen, right? Yeah, they're going to happen. I I mean, it was – I don't like losing. I mean, personally, it just sucks, and I think I've gotten used to winning. And it's just I don't like the feeling you have after this loss. Like, you just – you just kind of feel depressed. And this was, this was the one that snapped the four game winning streak. I believe Mello played really well for the Blazers. Oh, yeah. Damien hitting shots on the net logo. I mean, just ridiculous shot after ridiculous shot. And then the nets aren't making shots and they just got blitzed at the end of that third quarter. Portland went on like a 14, two run. They never really had a chance there on a back to back and without enough firepower, it couldn't, it couldn't happen. They couldn't get the W, but in the scheme of a 72 game season or whatever they're playing, like to me, this was a schedule loss. They're not playing their guys. It's just, I just don't like what it's, I'm okay. I get it. You're going to lose games. I just hate how we're kind of having this like negative, like role that's kind of coming together. And like the game against Milwaukee on Tuesday is a big deal for seeding with the two, three seed. I rather them have home court. And I just want to make sure they, they get back those winning ways. And it's not like all of a sudden that's on a huge losing streak. Like I just, I, that, that's, it's more of that in its totality. It's annoying me. Yeah, no, I, I, I hate losing games. I, I mean, you know, like I talked about Kyrie's plays yesterday or on Sunday that kind of upset me. He had a lot of those against the Blazers. I, I mean, it seemed like, you know, Dame was on fire and Kyrie was trying to match Dame and it just wasn't his day. Um, so, you know, when your best player is not shooting well from, from the field, it's, it's hard to win. Uh, and, and then the Blazers, on the other hand, is there any team in the East – like a like a who has a Damian Lillard type or a Steph Curry type. I don't really think so. You got Giannis for the Bucks and Bede for the Sixers. You know, no one on the Heat is, is is like that player. I'm trying to think. There's nobody in the East that has that. Hey, let me just go start shooting from the logo range. No, just out west. I mean, the player that the player that's closest is probably just Kyrie, based on his skill set and his ability right. to make shots from. You know, he can. I'm not saying he's got Damian Lillard range, but I don't think anybody. You know, besides Curry, these two guys have crazy range and shooting. Uh, it's probably it's probably Kyrie, who's the you know the guy that can make his own shot, get to the basket, pull up with all these crazy handles. Kyrie's the closest guy there uh, in the Eastern Conference. After that, I'm trying to think. I can't. I can't really. Bradley Beal, sorta. Uh, Beal and Westbrook, Washington. I guess, on the guard Man, mentality. West, Westbrook like, can't pull up like those guys. No, though. not. I yeah. mean, Westbrook is not the best best shooter in the world. But yeah, maybe Beal. That's a fair one. Oh, Trey um, Young when he's healthy. Yeah, it's just different. Like Trey, it's, it's yeah. like Trey's. He's got that little thing where he wiggles his ass to people, and it's like then he gets those fouls. It's like drives that's me. That's not basketball, Mike. Steve no, Nash told me that's not basketball. Uh, yeah, tell tell coach I agree with him. Send him the DM. I'm with you. I, I do remember that. But yeah, <laughs> you're right though. Trey Trey's probably the guy because he does have like that sick unlimited range where he could start popping threes from you know who the hell knows where. But that that's a good call. That that's the one. I like that. Nice, nice work. Thank you. Good. Thank you. All right, we have a few segments to end the pod. This first one is called "Did You See That." Did you see that LaMelo ball underhand? Yes. Court? How insane was that? Yes. I'm so happy he's back too. Like just for the Hornets, for him, like I thought this was going to be one of those long-term things. He's a brilliant passer. He's fun. And the Hornets, they're, they're definitely, you know, they're going to be in the play-in mix. They're not ready yet, but I at least feel good for them. Like with LaMelo, like they've got a team that's in the future that's headed in the right trajectory in the right direction. But you're right. That pass was sick. And the first thing I thought of when I saw those passes was, was Jason Kidd and all the, you know, the wizardry he did for the Nets back in the day. I thought of Jason Kidd and it's not because Jason Kidd's ever made that underhand full court pass. It's because 
He's done other stuff full court, but Jason Kidd would invent passes yes. that we've never seen. Not from Magic Johnson, not not from John Stockton, not from anybody. Lamelo Ball invented a pass that underhand full court pass now exists, right. so other players can do it. Uh, Westbrook had a full court pass last night, but it wasn't as cool. It was like overhand, and you'll, you'll yeah. see. Um, but yeah, I was I was blown away. I mean, he's yeah. going to be a very special player, much better than Lonzo. Uh, and I, that's I crazy. Think ever been. Yeah. And that's crazy too, because of all the hype from Lonzo at UCLA and from his dad and LaMelo, you know, not playing low, you know, in the States and not seeing him as much. It was like, we didn't really know anything about it. It's like, I, I think anybody that says they, like they, they watch YouTube videos and they know, like, I mean, come on, there's a, like, you're not watching him every day. It's difficult. So it's kind of weird. All the hype that went with Lonzo, who's now like a guy that just takes a lot of three point shots. I feel like for the Pelicans to see a true point guard in LaMelo, is pretty cool and again like the hornets are in the right space terry scary terry's good and they've got a good front court i mean the hornets are going to be a fun team yeah they're they're uh lamello's great yeah and i think about kid like talk about those passes he had like the bowling ball pass yep. to lucius yep. harris down the court he would do this all the time and this is not that he invented this but i always remember loving seeing this was the off the backboard pass to kenyon and rj for and carry for dunks like just when you'd be like this guy's on my team and he's doing this shit. It was always like the coolest thing in the world to see. I love that. And then Vince Vince Carter got on the team and kid would throw the ball in the air in certain places. And Carter would just snap, man. It was Jason kid was, was very fun to watch. Um, All right. We're going to end the pod. Are you an Entourage fan? Did you watch Entourage back? I in did the watch Entourage. I'm so excited you have this coming up here. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking forward to this. B- before we start this, I was a diehard Entourage Entourage fan. Not ashamed to admit it. Great show. Yeah, the it was movie, awesome. The movie was even pretty good. I mean, Ari Gold, E drama, classic turtle, classic characters. So speaking of turtle, um, I I was on Twitter recently and uh, someone sent me a clip of Jerry Ferrar, the actor who played Turtle. Right. Not ripping on the Nets, but more or less saying, oh, well, the Nets are going to be scared in the playoffs if they have to face the Knicks. You know, they have everything to lose, whatever. We have nothing to lose. Not a big deal. So I was posting a YouTube video of of me and Nick's last podcast, and I just wrote, listen to Nick and I discuss the Nets versus Knicks narratives in parentheses. Take notes, Jerry Ferrara. Now, the segment in there had nothing to do with them. I heard the clip after we recorded the podcast. I just wanted him to listen to it. So he, right. he immediately responds. He writes, going to skip it. I'm sure it's a lot of win now, blah, 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 logic. How much do you really need to discuss the Nets? you got three Hall of Famers. You either win the championship or bust. Hmm. He then writes, so he said he was going to well, skip it. Yeah. Well, hold on. At that yeah. moment, you're seeing this. Like, what's going on through your head when you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, you, I, I there's a response. Yeah, I, I guess. I, first of all, I was amazed he responded, but he 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 responded twice or, or three times before I even got to like kind of digest what was going on. So the second response was, he was I, into it. I so did funny. read the I did read the description. So first he was going to skip it. Now he's reading the description. Right. I don't rip on the nets. I rip on the narrative that the org tried to create a while back. But what's yeah. to rip on? I mean, I could, but it goes nowhere. So right away we can tell he's angry. Yes. He feels attacked. He feels victimized. If he actually listened to the clip, he would understand that right. he's not involved, but whatever. So I just respond. I wrote the description before I heard your takes. I don't even disagree with you. You know, Knicks are playing with house money. The Nets have a lot to lose. I agree with that. I was, allude- I was really alluding to two guys. Uh, I'm sorry, to guys who have said they'd rather have the Knicks core than the Nets core. Now, I, I know mm. I know your guy, Alex, isn't one of those guys. Yes. No way he said that. No. 
but there there are guys out there that have said that. Right. Well, that's just that's just that's not true. Respected I mean, respected guys, blue check mark guys. Uh well, I, I I can't I can't understand. I know Alex loves Julius Randall as he should. He's been amazing, but you're looking at. Durant, Harden, all time, you know, all time players. Uh, it is amazing though that you got that reaction, and I think it's, I think it brings up a, a broader point, which I think is really fascinating. And I've, I've thought about this a lot because you and I are similar net fans. Where I don't think we talk, I don't, I don't like the Knicks. I want, and I've said this publicly. I want the Knicks to lose every single game they play. Yes, I agree. I do think that it's good for like a net Nick rivalry to occur. I do think that's healthy. And I do think that would be good for the area. I do think it'd be good for the nets in a lot of ways because it would bring the energy and the buzz back. And I, but I, but I've come up with this, I, this, this theory of why the Nick fan gets so angry at the net fan. Okay. Because like the Mets, like all other sports teams in the area, it was, you know, you're a Met fan, a Yankee fan. There's a little, there's, there's, you know, the Yankees are bigger, but the Mets are still a pretty big brand. Correct. The Giants are bigger than the Jets, but the Jets are still a really, really big brand. J- Jets and Mets have diehard fans, even yes. though their franchises aren't were respected around the league. Right. And then the hockey teams, all three of those, it's all in its own kind of world where they all just despise each other. And hockey's big to the hockey fan and they all hate each other. But to the Nick fan, they say, there's nothing like when the Knicks are winning in New York city. There's nothing like it. It's a Knicks town. And it's because to the Knicks, there never was a second team. There never was another team in town. There was, but they were in New Jersey and the Nick fan didn't care. Yes. So the second that the net fan moved to Brooklyn, they started pushing, they started pushing a little bit and boy, did that tick off the Knicks because they couldn't understand somebody was coming in their territory and coming in their area and saying, we're parking space here and we belong. And boy, that really pissed them off. Now, I personally didn't really do that because I didn't I, I didn't feel the need to go in there and start talking trash to the, the Nick fan. But I would say, don't be so sensitive about it. Go out, show your pride and win games and understand that there's a growth spurt occurring with the Net fan. And you're going to have to deal with the I, I, you're going to have to live with the idea that there is some of that space being taken and there is going to be some pushback. They weren't used to, you know, the New Jersey fan going after them. But when they were in New York, it started to get sensitive. And you could hear it from Turtle. He didn't like the idea of, hey, I'm sorry, you don't just do that. We're the Knicks. It's like, well, you know what? Tough shit. They're going to do it. And, they're, and, and, now, and now they're, they're playing for something. And, and I really think that idea of just thinking they're the only team in the area had them really confused now when somebody was coming in and trying to say there's another team here. I think that really irritated them and confused them as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I would 100% agree with you. Um, the best part of the whole, the whole situation was, you know, at the very end of the, the description, I wrote, you know, me and Nick break down the playoff matchups that we want to see. Okay. So, he, so his next comment is, uh, I bet you don't want to see the New York Knicks. And I go, I go, we both had them on our list, Turtle. I didn't write Turtle, but I, I, yeah. the, the last yeah. thing I wrote was, I want a Nets-Knicks series more than I want Entourage back on the air. And I, I want Entourage back on the air. But Mike, how satisfying would it be to see the Knicks in the second round, to see Randall, who's having an MVP-type season, and Barrett, who's drastically improved, and a Derrick Rose at an old age who's playing pretty well, and all these guys, and just yep. packing. How satisfying would that be? I'm so glad you brought that because I was on the record of saying I don't want to see the Knicks at all in the first round. Nothing can be gained by it. But their hot play and their bravado that should be shown from their fan base, it's been a while. I now want to send them home. 
like it's per, like it is like the idea of sending them all and shutting them all up sounds so much fun and i want it i crave it i want to see it i desire it i want to have it happen i want to enjoy it and that's i like i get i get so irritated at the nick fan that goes making fun of the nets two years ago like oh you celebrated you're the six seed and you're celebrating like you won the championship and then fast forward two years later and the knicks are having a better season than that nets but minimal you know we're talking about five to seven games it'll end up being or something in that ballpark or one to two seeds better and now it's like we're allowed to celebrate the hypocrisy on that front and on that end drives me nuts it's okay to get excited for your team if you're the Nets, and it's okay if you're the yes. Knicks. Just don't make fun of the other fan bases when they're getting excited. You don't, That's you don't the have point to of watching this crap. Yep, yep. You don't have to come at each other. Um, but, I mean, it, it, we can't help if we're in their heads, right? You saw these fans after a Knicks win screaming, fuck the Nets. Yeah, that was um, cool. That, that was pretty funny. I will, I will say this, you know, there's a flip side to the whole I want to see the Knicks thing. We could lose. As the great Phil Jackson quoted, we could lose that series – and that would be detrimental to the entire Nets fan base, to the organization. KD and Kyrie would be shunned by everyone in the national media. That would be a really tough pill to swallow, losing to little brother in the playoffs. But I, I don't think that would happen, Mike. That would be the worst. I imagine trying to do a podcast with Alex, who's the Nick fan afterwards. I mean, it sounds like pure horror. Pure horror going like, ah, oh, manual quickly at a 26. Can you believe they let him open on that? Yeah, that 11 point stretch. Obi Toppin, what all of <laughs> he had a double double. How I mean, he was just rebounding over DeAndre. Jordan. How did that happen? All, all of a sudden, that was Kevin, incredible. Kevin Knox starts hitting three pointers. Or oh, god, right. <laughs> Frank Delacine is up. What? He had a triple double with steals. Reggie Bullock, <laughs> this guy doesn't miss. I know be, that would be hell on earth. Uh, that, would, that would be the worst. I, I can't uh, stop it. Let's oh uh, let's end the pod on a good note. <laughs> we got the Bucks again tonight. KD Kyrie should be ready to go. Um, hopefully, Bruce Brown plays a little m- bit more. I think he can help in a, in a game like this. What's your prediction for tonight? Hmm. Yeah, Bruce Brown. I guess you know the issue was just going up against Giannis. They didn't feel like that ma- that matchup was good, and the you know that's why he only got the five minutes or whatever it was. But this team has been so resilient all year. That they all, even when I'm like, like my normal brain would go, this is the start of a losing streak. They're in Milwaukee again. But every time I think that's going to happen, they win games. Like I was surprised they lost to the Bucks. Close games is down the stretch, they win. So I'll say they get the W because the Nets are just that kind of team that doesn't take, that takes pride, that takes pride in the, every time they go out there. I think you'll get a much better performance from guys like Joe Harris guys like Tyler Johnson, guys like Kyrie Irving. And in a weird way, which is kind of cool, this is like a playoff kind of matchup where I'll be very interested from a schematic standpoint to see what Coach Nash does differently against Milwaukee and how they guard Giannis. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like, okay, they lost that game. Now we're going to the next game. Let's see the adjustments. Love that phrase in the playoffs. The adjustments the losing team makes. And I'm, I'm excited. I had a lot of air quotes with that. I'm excited to see the adjustments Coach Nash, Nash makes for Tuesday. First of all, that's very unlike you as a pessimistic Nets fan to predict a win. I'm changing. I love it. Love to see you changing on the pod. And, and obviously, you know, we're going to have to bring you back on because the more you come on, the more, I guess, less pessimistic you'll be. Yeah. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. This is like a heavyweight fight, right? Like they, they had the first blow on Sunday. This is the second round. I mean, this is like a, a pre-fight right. to the playoffs, hopefully. But – 
we we know what they're about. We we know what they're capable of. Um, they know what we're capable of. We we both beat each other this year. I'm I'm excited. I, I also predict a win just because I don't see the Nets going on a three game losing streak. I think the urgency picks up. I I, I think the defense picks up. I don't think Giannis goes for 49. And the way he did it, it was like open shot after open shot. You know, uh, Durant had to not say work for it, but it was. He, he wasn't just given shots. Antetokounmpo was just like, here's a three, here's a three, here's a three, go get it. What would your, what do you think your brother would say? What would his pick be right now if, if, if he was doing this right now? So he'd probably be the heel and pick the Bucks because, mm. you know, it's his birthday. He's, he's just a little wuss, Mike. He just, he, he loves to go against the grain. Uh, he, he loves to be that guy, you know, that, that villain. So I, I think mm. he'd pick the Bucks. I think he'd find a way to rip on the Nets. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I, I got to give him a call. He's probably nine or, or 10 drinks deep right now. By the way, we release this on Tuesday mornings. It's Monday night. So he's not, he's not drinking in the morning for all you listeners out there. Um, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. No where, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Uh, at Mike delivers pod on Twitter and Instagram. As you can hear from the social media handle, I have a podcast about being an Uber each driver where I talk about dropping off food and the crazy shenanigans that happens as an Uber Eats driver. And of course, you can find some of your awesome food takes and food reviews that are on there as well. You you eat the way, uh, like my dreams, you know, like I see your menus, I see what you're having. I get really, really jealous of all the food that you're consuming. I got I to admit, like, I'm like, I hate you. I hear your, I hear your reviews. They're great, but I hate your guts. Every time I hear one, I'm like, I hate this guy. Well, Damn it, I want those dumplings. It's, it's a pleasure. Damn you. It's a pleasure being able to eat nicely and then talk about it on your show. I, yeah, I mean, man. your podcast is great. If you don't listen, please subscribe. Uh, if you like food, if, if you like the guy who co-hosted the pod tonight, definitely check it out. And if you like me, I also talk about what, what my Kyle Lowry fat ass likes to eat every now and again. <laughs> Poor Kyle Lowry. <laughs> guy's right. borderline Hall of Fame player. And he's just talking about his, his, his booty all night. Listen, that's what we do on this podcast. We talk Nets basketball and Kyle Lowry's beyond. All right, Mike, thank you for coming on. Everybody, thanks for listening to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We'll catch you next week.